Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Sinking into the sand Everyone's let go of your hand So you take a stand Do you understand When you're the one with the plan Leave them chanting your brand Every woman and man Leave them chanting your brand Fear that helping hand Like a rocket plan for the moon Say it, I'll expand, brass band of the high command Like a grand slam spanning across the promised land Leave them chanting your brand Leave them chanting your brand Welcome, everybody, uh, and thank you for that intro to Thaddeus Rex. We're going we're gonna to announce you now. <laughs> but we already got to hear you. Um, uh, so, so we had a problem with DK New Media that we were noticing with our clients, and that's at um, Jen, our incredible, uh, Jen's on the line too today. Hello. Woohoo. Um, Jen works with our clients, and she really works on setting the strategy from a content standpoint. Uh, and and so this can be blog posts and uh, infographics, white papers, case studies, uh, you name it. Jen is working on it for clients. And we noticed probably, I want to say, maybe it was a little bit more than a year ago. That, a year and a half. Yeah, that we we would get pushback from clients. We get pushback, and, and you don't have to stay quiet. You can, you can, you can talk. <laughs> no, I'm excited to hear about this pushback. <laughs> well, the pushback from the clients was, was often, um, that doesn't really sound like us, or we wouldn't really write it that way. Or, you know, and, and we, even, we even had one client that left over, we had probably – four different writers yeah. that worked with this client with one client yeah, yeah and and uh just could never never get it down pat and so what we what we knew that we needed was we needed to see how they were branded we needed to see and most people think of that as just a visual like a logo or whatever but we needed to we needed to see documentation on who were they talking to how were they speaking Brand uh, profile, yeah, like profiling a brand. <laughs> yeah, and and the problem was that there were a lot of our companies that we were working with never went through those exercises. Sure, uh, yeah, and that's a majority of companies, right? Right. Um, a lot of companies don't know. Like, it doesn't sound British enough. <laughs> it sounds English. Yeah. I don't want it in the toilet. I want it in the loo. <laughs> that doesn't sound like British or English. <laughs> it sounds really bad, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> 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 so, uh, so what we started to do was we started to instead engage, and we met. Uh, I was speaking at a local event, and you were speak. You spoke to the same folks, right? The National Speakers Association. Yeah, National yeah. Speakers Association. And I was enlightened and um, and and just just totally engrossed in uh, your presentation on the science of charisma and and talking about. Um, People branding themselves, honestly, is sure. the foundation of it. Um, but but and so we started working together with clients, and boom! Now all of a sudden, we have a voice, and now all of a sudden, we 
they understand why we're saying what we're saying because of the way we're saying it and, you know, and who we're speaking to. And, and, uh, and, and we're looking forward to, you know, every client, you know, kind of going through this process Sure. if they haven't done it before. So, so maybe first Thaddeus, tell people about your past and why you sang and what, what this is, this is the exciting part. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been uh, very blessed in my career. I got to, uh, well, I started off uh, with a degree in philosophy so I had to think of something. High-paying job, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if only uh, money grew on thoughts, boy, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, I, so I made the uh, decision to become a professional musician and uh, joined Another a band. Now, were you, now job. Were you a, incredibly high Were you job. a musician at that point already? Well, or? I knew the only instrument I knew how to play was a trombone. Really? So I talked myself into a band. Yeah, this nice. guy had a tuba in the band. And I was like, you already have a tuba. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'd try trombone. And he's like, I've heard you play trombone. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I said, no, but if you let me be in the band, I will. Uh, okay, I won't just play trombone, but I'll make phone calls and I'll get us some gigs. He thinks about it for about two seconds. And he says, uh, trombone playing is not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was the way I got in the first. And then eventually I had to uh, get my own guitar and start writing my own songs. And I got very lucky early in my career. I got invited. I was a guest on a, a PBS show and the host liked it. And she had been looking for to add a segment to the show. And she invited me back and a couple others. And I wound up winning, I guess, the you know audition thing. And I got a segment on this PBS show. Uh, which took my career to another level. I started writing for, it was, it was like family entertainment stuff, so I'm writing songs. And the secret to writing the songs for the kids is you actually write the songs for the parents because oh. they're the ones spending the money. Oh, nice. And uh, that took me to another level. I got to build shows for performing arts centers and spent about 10 years touring the country. Um, playing for family audiences. It was a, it was and you still And gift. people can still look those up online. Oh, yeah. yeah I so, think so. So if you look up Thaddeus Rex uh, on YouTube... Uh, there's there's a bunch of videos out there. Yeah, yeah. So, and and then you and then you pivoted again. Yep. So uh, long story in the that huge wonderful recession in 2008. Yes, I went through it as well. Yeah, exactly. So that recession hits. I had just invested in a nice big stage show. I'd been looking. Okay, how do you take? Uh, how do I triple the value of my show? What are the more valuable shows doing? Bigger production levels. So I actually had like dinosaur mascots made, and I was going to have this dinosaur band and nice. and then uh the re- so i built the whole show in summer 2008 and started promoting it in j- january 2009 of course the recession started crash. right in the middle there the crash yeah so uh i had to retool i'm like this show is not gonna get off the ground uh there's gonna be no work next year um so i actually in, i had done several years previously built professional development for teachers that administrators had asked me how do we train teachers to to m- engage parents and keep kids motivated and um, and so I, I took that motivation research and uh, I hired a PhD to sign off on it. And we actually, all this federal stimulus money was being spent. So we were able to uh, justify their Title I funds usage for this program. So I got to play rock and roll in schools on uh, federal stimulus money. It was great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to think some of just, it went to good use. It's nice to finally meet someone that that got some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only wish I got to keep it. You yeah. know? <laughs> Expenses on a stage show are unfortunately huge. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I got a request uh, to speak to a Rotary Club and did a little presentation on the motivation research, and I was honestly hoping to get more education contacts. And instead, I got three requests from that presentation to go do corporate events. 
there were two small conferences, and an accountant asked me to come speak at his summer retreat for his firm. Now, when you go and you do a presentation in like a theater, and all, you know there might be a thousand people there, and half of them are parents, and you have no idea what happens afterward. I mean, if it's fun, it's really fun. It feels good, and you want to get this message out there, and you want to, you know show a good time, and I was all about promoting reading and writing as part of what I did. You don't really know what happens afterwards. Right. And it's the strangest thing. Like, you'd think going to speak to a group of accountants, but it wasn't dry at all. It was, it was actually really, it was like, I, got to, I get to create something brand new. Yeah. And we're going to be interactive in it. And two weeks later, I'm getting feedback from them, all the new changes that implemented. And that was really exciting. And, uh, and I got a few referrals and started working on uh, how can I help uh, – and, and it started out, I didn't have the focus. I was just helping people motivate their employees. And it, it evolved into internal branding and helping create a culture and an internal brand. And what's the story people are part of when they show up to work. And, uh, and then that began to evolve into helping them also on the customer side to improve the brand so that customers and, uh, and their internal employees also all understood the purpose of this organization and that they get to be part of something bigger than themselves. Nice. Nice. And, and so how did you come up with... Uh with the naming convention and, and everything through the, the science of charisma. How did they get the name science yeah, of charisma? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting story. So, uh, I spent years looking for it. Uh, the best things, uh, you know, come to those who wait, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I always say like when you're writing, it doesn't really matter what you're writing. When you're looking for a song, uh, you know, a painting, uh, a, a new tagline or a blog post, like writing is, is less about creativity and more about finding and you're going out and looking those little treasures and there are treasures laying all over and there are these new ideas ways to put words together to trigger new ideas and thoughts and metaphors and but those ideas are laying out there in the dictionary and books and in stories that we see and people we pass on the street and it's really a matter of just getting out there and listening and um and looking to recognize you know which stories are good which ones are, are not triggering so much and and anytime you meet somebody and i think this is one of the the critical factors is there's Researchers call it unconscious attribution. But when we meet somebody new, the way they carry themselves, the tone of their voice, the very first words out of their mouth, what they're wearing, the handshake, we're going to attribute certain characteristics to them right away. We're right. Gonna, and I mean, we're going to categorize them and, and because we have to. We have to simplify our world. It's too complicated to understand everything. And research shows that we actually do this in about one and a half to two seconds. It's really fast. Uh, it goes back to like Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. Yeah. And uh, we make these, these snap judgments and, and we categorize people and people do it to us too when they meet us. And the key is to understand what is it you stand for? What's the core value at the end of the day? Like if they know you for five years and they read all your blog posts and they read your books and they, they buy all your products and, and they network with you and you begin to trade contacts, at the end of all that is that little first impression you gave them going to match right. the real experience. And, and I think it doesn't matter whether it's a stage show or marketing services, or maybe it's just a new computer, but you need that story to match the stuff. Right. And it's very critical that that's that first impression, that story people see when they meet you or when they see your product. I mean, maybe, you know, you're selling sodas and what that bottle looks like in the label, they're, they're going to, we have unconscious attribution of what that, you know, if we see a leaf on the label, we kind of assume it's green. Uh, I one time bought a juice that said 100% pure, really big on it. And I got so upset because that was just the brand name. <laughs> and it was actually like 5% juice. 
and 95% Kool-Aid. I swear. In oh. a gas station. And that ticked me off so much. Yeah. I never went back to that gas station. Yeah. I never bought 100% pure branded <laughs> juice anymore. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So the story, uh, that story really needs to match the stuff. What happens when you open up that bottle? Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party. Because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors. Because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower. And because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore at-home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin-area at-home superstores today. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Uh, so let me ask you this. Do you, the one and a half second, two second first impression, how hard is it to change? With Ooh. Yeah. That's a great question. I think it depends on how conscious you are of what you're presenting already. So I if, don't think people are conscious. Uh, a lot of times we aren't. I um, think you're absolutely dead on there. I think I really think that the majority of people have no clue what they're what they're. I what think they're, there is in some way there's no clue. In other ways, there's a lot of like people will put a lot of effort into buying the right car yeah. and wearing the right clothes because they're aware of that first impression. They'll put a lot of effort into learning their manners at the dinner table because we learn that etiquette class. It's really important to know how you use the butter knife and you know you take the butter off the plate and put it on the other plate and you don't put oh. it straight on your roll and you don't eat the butter straight with your spoon. <laughs> you know all these things we learn uh, as kids growing up, and so we put all this effort in, and then we. You know, we're taught, we're trained, we're, we're taught, you know, you need a firm handshake and we, and we learn these things, but we're not taught to look at the whole picture. Right. Like, how are you speaking? What are you offering? And I think a big part of it is if you approach that first impression and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I need a sale. I need to, you know, I need to, I need to get help from this person. I need them to do X. How do I get them to do X? And everything about your body posture, your, your focus, the first things out of your mouth are all going to be about X, mm-hmm. which that... Yeah. Very few people care about X all that right. much, you know? That's my thing, not theirs. Right. Well, for so how I think about branding, in terms of people, um, you know, there, there's obviously unconscious attribution about, right, sure. you know, what we see, what we feel internally, even before we hear them speak. Um, but the thing that I think that's interesting about branding for companies is that companies can put it all out there. Like, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is... You know, they, in a way, uh, the ones who do it right, define who they are. Like they're, you know, putting their stake in the ground, but people can still see through the bull. Can I say bullshit? Yeah, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll never be on MS Communications. Yeah. Well, I, I think people see through the bullshit, but I, I also think that uh, it, it's a weird industry that we're in, right? I mean, I, I, I have a friend of mine that I... Uh, for a long time online, Steve Woodruff, and he loves taking like mission vision statements off of people's sites, mm-hmm. and posting them on Facebook, sure, and showing how he he doesn't mention the company, and showing that you could apply it to anything. You oh, could apply it to a juice company, very blah, or you blah, could blah. apply it. <clears throat> and and uh, and so we 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 get caught up, I think, sometimes in our own um, 
in our own BS, right? You know, what's a what's a different word that we could use for puts? Innovative. You know, <laughs> you know, and and uh, and you know, positions, leverages, you know, right. and sure. And so we we use that marketing speak, and sometimes it makes sense to utilize terminology, you know, to if if it can shorten, I think, and and more effectively create that picture. But for, but the other times, I think it's I think it is. It's just BS. I mean, we we've worked with clients that. You know they have the nicest taglines and the and the culture explanation on their site and the yes. this and that and then they, yeah and then they pay us ninety days late sure, and they're right. jerks on the phone and you, you know what I mean uh, everybody goes through that and you're like wow this is not the company that I thought it was it's kind of like uh, checking into the fancy hotel and and you see that little card in the bathroom that asks you to please help save the earth. And if you just hang your towel up, we can save millions of pounds of detergent and yeah. hundreds of thousands of gallons of water. Um, oh, no, by the way, we left the light on for you and turned the air conditioner down because other studies show <laughs> yeah. people like that too. <laughs> yeah. And the missed message, so it's not believable. There's no value to it. Right. right. And, and the message becomes meaningless because people have all these tactical messages that they've tacked on because, oh, some studies said people, people really like it if we tell our staff that they have to say, it's my pleasure. And then by the time the eighth person at the hotel, you know, you ask for a, a, a new towel and they bring it up and say, thank you. And it's, it's my pleasure. And it becomes meaningless yeah. because you, it, it's clear that they were just told to say that. It doesn't right. mean anything anymore. And it's much more authentic to lead with um, a vision, like to understand, you know, help your customers understand what is customer service? What do we really stand for as this institution? What are we providing that no other hotel can provide? And what we want to provide is that level of service where we just, we're there, whatever they need. We just want to help them enjoy their stay. And maybe that stay is to be more comfortable. Maybe it's to have a, a greener experience where we're saving, they feel like, you know, we're saving energy here. Uh, the lights all go out when you leave the room. Who knows what that is? But so long as it's it's consistent, right? that you're sticking to it, then it becomes more genuine. Uh, I think when you look at a brand, like we talk about stories all the time, and a story has this specific structure. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, but a brand is not a story. A brand doesn't end. There's no climax. There's no conclusion. A brand keeps going. And the brand's more like the chorus of a song where every every verse has to leave and come back to that same chorus. Mm. And I think for a company or, or a person, it's, it's much the same. Like, what's your chorus? And is every single customer touchpoint supporting that chorus? Because if you do, every time a customer interacts or experiences you, whether it's a Twitter post or a product or an infographic, or maybe it's an advertisement on TV, whatever, or maybe it's just meeting you and shaking your hand. Every time they experience that touch point, it makes that chorus a little bit louder. And if you have the chorus first and build your touch points around it, then you have something that really resonates. Um, but if you build all the touch points based on tactics and story, you know, there's a study that says this works and that works and this works, and you throw them all in and suddenly they don't fit because they're all going a different direction. They all work. Right, but they're not they're, you. They're working against each other sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, and... That brings up an interesting point. So, of course, of course, with the people in our life, there's accountability there. But uh, with the growth of strategic branding, you know, branding used to be, you know, Coca-Cola. You were just a big name. You had a lot sure. of advertising, what have you. And with the growth of strategic branding, I think that there's also an increase in the expectation for brand accountability. Mm -hmm. And if if you say you're this and you do something else, then people will legitimately not do business with you anymore. Sure. Or buy Coke or what it, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, it's hard. The drink, not the drug. <laughs> right. Right. Like for Volkswagen and Audi convince us that they are uh, green now. It's, right. It's tricky. 
Well, that's and there, there's, uh, you know, if you hand your clients, if you set expectations properly, right, in that with your charisma, sure. If you set those expectations properly and accurately to what you actually are, that's great from a customer standpoint, right? Retention, acquisition, upsell, sure. You know, all those pieces kind of fall in line. Well, I think there's a there's a progress now that we see with because technology facilitates so much information sharing. That that's why that authenticity is so much more important than ever before because we can't just push messaging. People have access to multiple methods of information, so Coke can't just over and over again tell us it's it make you happy and and it's fun and we won't necessarily just believe it because right there's other channels of information so coke puts a lot of effort into creating genuine authentic experiences where they build a soda machine where if you dance in front of it it gives you a free soda yeah. and silly things like that and they have the the campaign where the names are on the can because uh, wow i just got a can that says sarah that's my wife's name i want to take a picture and send it to her and share it with my friends and and uh, and it creates this media it's genius yeah. uh, but they're doing it in an interactive way that allows us to be part of the brand too not just showing us a com- another commercial with a polar bear. Right. And um, I think there's uh, this, this need for authenticity. And nowadays when people, whether they see our product or they see us, um, there's a verifiable, there's a, a sort of a verifying period where, you know, I meet somebody new, I went a networking event, or maybe it's at a gala or something and I get their card and, and I'm, I'm a little interested. They seemed intriguing. I want to check them out, but I'm going to go online. I'm going to read their LinkedIn profile. I'm going to watch their YouTube videos. I'm going to read their blog. I'm going to at least check out a couple things before I invest two hours in driving over and having lunch with them right. or meeting them for coffee and which may be the next step they really want to have happen, but I'm going to go check first and have they taken the time to create a good profile and to populate it with good information and to, uh, to, to back it up so that the first impression I got when I met them matches what I see online, that it's the same person. It doesn't look, oh, this, that didn't look like the same person at all. Like, right. You know? Right. And, uh, and then if it is, then uh, it just makes that, once again, that chorus gets a little louder. If they have the chorus in mind first and they're building that first impression, what they put online, if everything's supporting that over and over again, and it's that same core value that when I go and I actually buy something from them, or I, or I refer them to a client, that what we get at the end is the same thing we were expecting at the beginning, just a bigger, better version of it, because it's authentic all the way through. I think that's critical. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore At Home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin area At Home superstores today. So, so let's let's say uh, to companies sitting listening right now, and they're and they're, um, what are some of the indicators? One that their brand isn't set, that they don't have their voice set, that they don't have. Uh, that they're having problems. Sure. I would say the first thing is, can you articulate it clearly? Okay. Um, one of the, when, a big thing we'll look at is the purpose or vision of the company. What's the purpose of the company? What's the vision of the company? And if it is a goal, if it's something that people, only owners or people inside the company will care about, then it's probably not very um, 
inspirational. It's okay. probably not going to resonate as a brand. So, for instance, if you're if you make hammers, not not yeah. customer service. So, if you look at the vision statement and it, say it's a company that makes hammers, and their, and their vision is a hammer in every toolbox in America, our hammer in every toolbox. Yeah. Well, that's just a goal. Right. Like you're you yeah you want to grow. Everybody wants to grow. I mean, what company doesn't? That's any company would want that. Um, so what is it you're doing that's special? If the company though was saying, you know, we want to, um, we want homeless people to have a place to live and we want to make it cheaper for them to build materials. So we're not only making hammers, we're making an effort to find, uh, reusable plastic building materials. And, and we're learning, we're, we've invented this new product where you can build a home in South America for $2,000 and our hammers when you purchase a hammer, it's going to support this project. Nice. Now that suddenly becomes, wow, that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. And, and so now, and, and provide some examples. I mean, do you have a couple of clients that you can talk about where they, they really weren't sure or they had something wrong before and, and, uh, and what they are now? Yeah, I think there's a, a fast, one of the clients, well, actually one of the clients we're working on, um, a company down in Nashville, Tennessee, Wonder Labs. And, uh, just beginning to get started on the project, but looking through the brand, most it's an herbal supplement company. They make vitamins, herbal supplements. It's it's a high quality product. They've tested their materials to make sure that you know they have pharmaceutical grade uh, a processing facility. Right. And um, and I take the product myself. It's amazing stuff. Um, and and especially in a world where you, know, you see headlines with product getting pulled off the shelf at Walmart because the Ginseng root didn't even have any ginseng in it. And, yeah. and you're wondering, well, who can you trust? Um, everybody out there is taking the position of, uh, you know, being natural, being eco-friendly. And, um, and for this particular company, most herbal supplement companies, you'll find them on the coast. They might be in New York or they might be out, in, you know, on the West Coast somewhere. Um, and this company is based in Tennessee, which is a very, still a tourist state, but it's a very different kind of tourism, very different feeling in Tennessee. Right. And so looking at how can everybody else is saying they're natural and eco-friendly and, and this company is too. I mean, their, their whole manufacturing facilities, uh, you know, s- build on solar energy. Yeah. But, um, how can we do something more but with people that? People don't know that. If people don't know that and, right. and everybody else has already said that all the other companies are saying they're eco-friendly. So if we come out and say, well, we're a little bit more eco-friendly. It's not extremely uh, <laughs> differentiating. Yeah. Um, we have more leaves in our, more leaves. <laughs> and uh, so if we instead approach and say, what are some other core values this company has? And, uh, and one of the things that was interesting is the, uh, you know, the owners, they like to hunt, they, they like to fish, yeah. they love being out in the mountains, they love nature, um, but they also love this um, middle America, like it's not a coastal thing necessarily, and it's this middle America, you know, and proud of it and made in Tennessee. And, yeah. and to me, I'm like, you know, that, that really feels a lot like freedom and, you know, having freedom, um, from the energy companies, having freedom from the middle East, creating solar energy. So you have freedom to sell energy back to the grid, having freedom to, uh, to build the, the, the quality product because you wanted products for your own clients at first. And it, and it just grew from there right. and building everything around this ideal of, of freedom. Um, and what's really critical, I think it, it, is to, kind of get self-reflexive as a company and ask, what do you stand for? Like, if you're the, the owners of a company, um, what do you care about? What's the core value that's important to you? Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. 
DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Well, and, and I think they're a good example because, um, you know, one, uh, the the solar power, but but they're not, you know, they're they're not, they're Tennessee. They're good folk. You know, they're they're yeah. not like, um, I don't know, you know, I'm trying to, they're, they're not, not ex- corporate. Yeah, they're not extremists or anything like that or anything. They they have pickup trucks and Priuses, right? Right. Not Priuses. <laughs> what do they have? Leafs. They have Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and then and then the employees have been there forever. Right. Like, right. You know, the, they've been with the company for twenty plus years. That uh, many of them, and so, but you don't know any of that by looking at their website, right? Or reading their or even reading their material. You don't get a, a clear picture of that. And so it's it, it. I think that's a great example of a company that that they know they're they, they've got to compete with these monstrous giants that probably don't have the quality control, probably don't really care as much. They're just trying to make a profit, you know, off of the the bulk sales. Sure. Where these guys really do want to try to change people's health and welfare and and do it in a responsible way and and you know and uh in a and but but and that, which is a distinct advantage. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, consumers want to work with companies like that. So you've got to get that into your brand and into your voice if you want to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So t- so tell us. So they're a company that we're working on currently. Yeah. You know, and we're coming to fruition with with at least that you know that that voice and that picture of freedom. Tell us about a company that 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 um, made the adjustment and how uh, how that really just kind of transformed you know everything thereafter because it sounds like. It's not just it's not just customers. It's also employees now having a focus, yeah, and a and a belief system and and everything else on the direction that the company is taking. Yeah, there was um, so an interesting project, and uh, so I can't mention the specific company because of confidentiality. But a major food manufacturer, you know, a, a large global company, um, they have a, a a holiday talk line to help people improve their holiday meal experiences. And they were looking to implement new technology for these uh, talk line employees. And a lot of these people have been doing the job for 20, 30 years. They have their manuals. They love their manuals. They're really comfortable getting on the phone and answering questions. They, they, and this is not a full-time job. It's yeah. a couple months a year. Like they, People do this because they enjoy the job, not because they necessarily right. need the job. And at the same time, uh, in order to move on with the times – we're incorporating Facebook relations, uh, you know, email, texting, and everything's going online. So no more manuals. We want to be able to track all the responses and be able to log all the data as it's going. So everything's going to be in the computer. So all the recipes they're searching, we can run analytics on what kind of questions people are asking. We can improve our products for the future. Consumer Affairs Department knows this is really important. It's the key to, to accessing the next step, to yeah. innovating the entire company. Only problem is... There's a room full of people here, 65, 70 with their people. Earmarked. Who, yeah. With their manual, yeah. they do not want to switch, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's working, it's great. And yeah, I can I can still use my manual and text or yeah. do Facebook. And how do we get them away from the manual? So we know the technology change is going to happen. And the goal is twofold. One is to keep all the employees as we do the shift, keep them all engaged and interested. Second is how do we make the training efficient? 
that people will get engaged, that it won't be a circle of objections and, you know, people digging in. As uh, I once heard the uh, Tim Sulso, the chairman of uh, GM, say, you know, when you make a change at the top, there's 10,000 people underneath screaming, this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And so getting that change to shift. So, um, so for a project like that, you start to look for a common value, a through line. You want something, you know this change is going to happen. And um, maybe for your company, it's a new product release. Maybe it's bringing customers along to um, a new innovation that you think they need to understand that they are not, you know, not ex- extremely ready for. I mean, I think Steve Jobs did an amazing job of this, introducing new products with a story that brought his whole audience along so on the ride so they could understand the purpose and why they would actually want right. an iPod or an iPhone. And he put a lot of effort into that. And I, I think that's critical. So for, for this um, food manufacturer, it, the question is, it's, it's not about the technology. Because if we focus on the technology, it's, an, it's a, a losing game because that's, that's what people are objecting to. But why are we here? What's the deeper purpose? What right. keeps us coming back every year? And it's, it's not phone calls. It's not the manual. It's not the computer. It's not Facebook. We're here because we want to help support the perfect holiday meal. Right. And that's why we come back every single year because we have this passion for cooking. And our passion isn't even for cooking. It's for that perfect holiday meal the end result, and that's what we want to provide. And we know in the future we can do that better, we can do it more if we make this tough change now. And it doesn't matter because this room has the experts. You guys are the experts. You know how to make the perfect holiday meal better than anybody else in the world, and that's why they bring you back every year to do this. Technology is superfluous. Right. It's your show, and the world needs you. Like, we need you. We need that help because people all across the country sitting down for that holiday meal and they want it to be just right. Right. And that becomes the core value, the reason. So you took, you took the spot, basically you took the spotlight off of the, the me, right? The, the employee. And this was going to be a pain in the butt to start learning this (laughs) new system Sure. to, you know, putting it where it needed to be long. And that's that's putting the spotlight on the client. Yeah, so, exactly. So it, you you almost make everybody question their motives, right? In that in that case, you start to think, you know, you know what? He's right. Why why am I bitching and moaning about this? Right? Like, right. Like, yeah, let's do this. Right. You know, we can do this. We can do this. I mean, I think sales teams go through it all the time when they're looking at implementing new technology. You know, maybe a LinkedIn training, and and uh, you know, oh, it's just one more tool I have to worry about, or. Right. It's another way to connect with your audience right. that you're building, that you're going to have for the rest of your life as a salesperson. Interesting. So, so how does uh, and and how long does this process take with a company? Um, you know, when they when they get you in there to consult and and really help them through this journey. So it depends. Mm, that's a good question because every company is a little different. For a first of all, a big part of the uh, one of the big questions is how far is the scope of this um of this vision are we trying to change the mindset of people in this room are we trying to change the mindset of people in this community people in the metro area the entire state the entire world right and if we want a story that stands out and is unique um you know across north america that takes a lot more work to find because there's a lot of stories out there and the internet makes it easy to find them and so if you come out with a story that's very similar to someone else in, in Las Vegas who's telling the same story and you're both trying to go national, yeah. um, it's going to be a real problem. Right. So I think a, a big part of it is how broad is your audience? 
uh, how focused is the audience. And everybody wants to believe that their products are, are great for everybody. It'll help everybody. But that's not the place to start. You have to start with who will it help most. Yeah. Have we been through that? <laughs> <laughs> So hey, uh, we can do this for marketing tech. It'll work for anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you asked a minute ago, the, um, where did the term science of charisma come from? Yep. And it's interesting. Uh, there's that thing where every time you work with a client, a huge part of it is just being able to step out and help create a mirror so they can see what they look like from the outside. And I think any marketing company does this to some extent. Technology gives us a lot of analytics to run that, but it's numbers and doesn't have that. Um, there's sometimes some emotions and feelings that you know you just sure. want to self-reflect and understand yeah. who you are. And I always say like it's really hard to see the label from inside the bottle. Hmm. And the most difficult project I think for any company is to brand yourself. It's, right. it's always easier to see other people. They should do this. They should do that. We, we have the solutions right here of what they need to do. Why, if they would only listen to me, I'm their good friend. Right. And then, uh, but when it comes to our own self-evaluation, uh, we aren't always so, so great at it. Yeah. And you see you're inside that bottle. You know, you're, you're swimming. You're, you're inside the whatever's in that bottle. You're in it. But by, by the way, Thaddeus is going to help us with the candy media. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for all you guys out there thinking, God, Doug and Jen need this. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. So, but we, but we have a similar, so we identified a similar problem, right? You know, sure. we, we had clients that we were providing incredible value to, uh, you know, great monetary results, everything else still questioning you know, what are we doing this month? Yeah, Why are we sure. doing this? Sure. And, it, and it, it became clear that we just weren't, you know, communicating our value um, to our audience. And so we're, you know, the funny thing is, is we're going to, we're going to make some adjustments to the company and to the voice, voice over time. But even just the way that we package and talk about what we're doing for clients, we're going to adjust that to, to change their perception of, you know, what it is that they th think they're getting. You know, I would say we're not going to change anybody's perception. We're just going to make it more clear. Right. Right. That everybody understands what they're getting more. Well, we we yeah. said, uh, I think we, you know, the interesting thing is the clients and for people that don't know, you know, for the marketing tech clients that we're working with, we basically help them develop their online authority and grow their authority. And, and that includes search and social and, and everything else. And as part of that, there's a tactical piece to it of developing content and researching that content producing, promoting that content. And that can be all the way from building the website, you know, through, you know, these, you know, printable, you know, materials for their sure. sales collateral. But what we've miscommunicated is I think people focus on those tactical uh, entities, right? How much does the ebook cost? You know, how much does the infographic cost? Sure. Tangible is, deliverables yeah, as opposed and, to... And, and so they're not seeing the... that you know, most of the value and most of the effort and most of the work isn't in that end result. That end result was actually really easy once we had developed the strategy and got the voice and got, you know, and we knew the direction that we were going to, to take the client. Right. And, uh, and so we, you know, so again, the client is getting everything that they thought that they were getting, but I'm not sure that the perceived, you know, value was properly communicated. Right. Well, I think the goal at the end of the day, and this isn't, um, I think this, this, is, this is any marketing, is what kind of value can we create? Yeah. And if I'm going to spend $1,000, can 
can I bring in $2,000 worth of value? Right. And if that's the case, then I'm going to do that all day sure. long. But but people think value and some people think tangibles, right? Yeah, some the tangibles think, are worth you know, $2,000 that equates to X number of blog posts. Right, right. <laughs> Well, a uh, you know a thousand blog posts that nobody reads are yeah, worthless. Exactly, and a thousand readers with no blog posts are worthless. We're going to have you on every week. And a thousand people reading a thousand blog posts who don't you, actually buy anything is worthless. Yes. Can you talk to our clients? Please? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, they think of us like mom and dad, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Yeah. And then somebody else tells them, they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's brilliant." Yeah. I'm like, we've been telling you this for a year. My wife keeps saying the same thing about me. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I told you that idea last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thanks, honey. I, sometimes it just takes a while to sink in. You know, I'm always listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for myself, there was even this process for myself where uh, it's really hard for me to see my own label from inside right. the bottle. Right. And so, and this is, I think, this is sort of the the this is something you can do um, is begin asking your customers what do they like and value about your service. Nice. And ask them, and the key is um, you want to create an open, friendly environment where they can feel free to write back. So one of the things I would do is um, either send a survey. If I was in person, I'd leave a comment form and, you know, offer some incentive for people to fill it out or just send them. And people love to give feedback. And you just ask, you know, what can we do to improve? And what do you like? And it's two simple questions. For a company like us, would it be... Maybe get a third party to ask them, you know, to give them a well, call. Well, that's the great or... thing about if you do it in a in a way where they're writing. Yeah. It's very difficult to do it in person where you sit right. down with somebody across the table and say, now what did you not like here? But if I, yeah, but that's it, right? If I send Thaddeus a form and say, uh, what did you like working about us, Thaddeus? This is from Doug. Sure. Right. <laughs> You're going to go, oh, I liked everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if. You oh, know, you have to make it anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. If, make it anonymous. If, Joanne sent it and said, hey, we're working on behalf of DK New Media and uh, just, you know, contacting some old clients and everything is, you know, everything's held in confidence here. So what I did is I would at every presentation, I would have um, forms that I offer to people. And one of the so it's they can put their own notes on it. It's carbon copied. So they get their notes and I get a copy. Oh, nice. And uh, and one of the questions on there is what can we do to improve this presentation? Um. And uh, what do you like best? Yeah. And so we get to learn what they like best, which oftentimes is a great place to get quotes, testimonials, but also, um, and there's always random oh. crazies who don't like something for whatever reason. You know what and we got to do? We got to digitize that. <laughs> no, we have it. We That'd have awesome. like, we have, we have like, you know, I would say at the end, you know, like you could, you can text marketing to 71813 and you get a you know, say what's your email address and, and, uh, and we'll subscribe you to our newsletter. Ah, nice. But I love this idea because we could actually ask him a couple questions mm-hmm. as sure. well. Sure. Ooh. And, Ooh. um, and you'll get, when you ask, what can we do to improve it? It's code for what did you not like? Yes. Um, and people will get real, um, cagey if you ask them, what did you not like? Right. But if you say, what can we do to improve it? They're usually happy to share. Right. And, um, and the trick is, I think, if you see one, uh, you know, there's always random crazies who will, I didn't like the way you dressed or, yeah. you know, your breath was funny or whatever it is. And, um, and you can just kind of ignore it. But if you see a consistent feedback over yeah. and over again, um, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe the feedback is, you know, I would like more interaction throughout the presentation instead of at the end. Or, um, you know, for a, a branding service, it might be, you know, I... I this was fantastic. I just wish I'd have known, um, 
you know, early on what we could do to speed the process up for you. Or maybe it was, um, you know, if I didn't know early on how many contacts I had to get for you and I could have had those ready more rapidly, like little things like, but you see those mentioned by several clients and then you're like, okay, if three people say it, it's, I need, we need to take action on this. Let's improve this for people. And, um, so I think that's a fantastic tool. And for me, for this, uh, for this brand, it was, it was even beyond that sitting down and taking people out to coffee and taking them out to lunch and saying, I'm trying to explain to people, what do I do? How would you explain it? And over and over again. Yeah. And just, and, and sitting down with my one friend, uh, Tony Valley and, uh, and he goes, well, you know, you, what are you really selling? They have, like, if I had to put one word on you, it'd be charisma. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but there's this science side to it. Like I, I did all this research and I want to talk about the research and we kind of look at each other and go science of charisma. There you go. <laughs> well, I like that. I like, I, like I mean, it. It, it does because charisma by itself could just be taken as kind of a buzzword. Right. Right. I mean, but I, science applies that mentality of process and, you know, discreet. Well, I know. think it's important to have a process to it because there are people who just have that spark where it's just easy. Yeah. There are other people, I think, who can fake it. If you have the money, if you were born wealthy, then you can buy the BMW and the fancy suit and you automatically kind of get some credo, some mojo. Um, you have confidence. You don't have to worry about where your meal is coming from next month or your rent. And you just get to walk in and kind of pretend to be confident. And so they're really faking it. Yeah. They don't really have, they didn't put science into it. They didn't really put the effort in. They just, you know, mom and dad helped them buy a fancy car and a fancy house and a fancy suit. Right. And, uh, and I think anybody can do that. Like if you walk in and you really put the time in and the process, and I mean, that's what an actor does. And every starving artist in LA and Nashville, they walk in with tons of chutzpah. Yeah. And they have nothing. They're sleeping in their car on their friend's couch. Yeah. And they step on stage and they rock it. Yeah. And they do it because they put a lot of time and energy into that, how do I approach people and how do I exude that confidence um, to show my true self? And everybody has that inside, like deep inside, like people, you, I mean, so valuable what you have inside. And we just have to help the world understand it for themselves because it's not always clear to see from the outside. No, I think that's, that's, that's exactly, and that's kind of goes full circle to the beginning of the conversation is businesses don't often understand how they're perceived and don't know how to often talk about themselves, yeah. you know? Um, awesome. Well, where, where do people find you online? Oh, ThaddeusRex.com. Okay. Yeah, and, T-H-A. And you speak. I think if you Google Science of Charisma, I'll come up. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. I hope. <laughs> uh, we'll help you. We'll help you there if you Excellent. I, I know some people. <laughs> I know my people call your people. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and and uh, of course you speak as well. I do constantly it. on this. Um, and in Rotary Club, if 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 people are a member of the Rotary, they can have you come out too, right? I, I do speak to a lot of Rotary yeah. clubs. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Um, Indianapolis area, but you. you I travel the I travel the country. Okay, yeah. fantastic, mm-hmm. awesome. So if you want Thaddeus uh, one for speaking, which is great, because <laughs> he will bring his guitar. I do. I right? love the guitar. Yeah. I, How couldn't you do a presentation without a guitar? Come on. I, I, I'm I'm gonna just wear one. I'm so impressed. I don't know how to do play it, it <laughs> but I'm just gonna come out and strum it a couple times, and then talk. I'm gonna get you a ukulele. Yeah. And then perfect. people are just gonna. I have one. Awesome. I, I just can't play it with a damn. Um, yeah, you should watch me try that. That's pretty funny because it's about the size of like, you know, I'm I'm not. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and then uh Thaddeus Rex, be sure to sign up for your newsletter. Yes. Um your newsletter is always a thought provoker, which I like. 
Oh, thanks. Um, you always give people a, a, like a few options sure. um, in there. And I really like that um, because it's, it's, it's more interactive than just a, you know, hey, I'm going to belch out, you know, the latest. I would see, to me, my goal is to help companies inspire their people, whether, you know, your team and your customers. Yeah. And, and show off what you have to offer. And, uh, and then what else can they do? Uh, dancing's always nice. Dancing? So, <laughs> so put it on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, obviously, if you have questions about your own brand yeah. um, or uh, training for your team to help them improve their personal brand and their science of charisma, just, you know, call anytime. Awesome. So ThaddeusRex.com. And you're on Twitter, of course, and Facebook and all that. That's right. Stuff. I bet there's probably a link on this podcast somewhere. There you go. We will put that up there. <laughs> yeah. We always we always try to put a post with our interviews. That way we, we can describe it and provide some additional information that might be missed in the podcast. So awesome. thanks, thanks for coming over here. Post is way better than a steak. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna have you we're gonna have you on more often. I look forward so, to it. That'll be fun. Um, since you're in the neighborhood. So that's it. Jen, is that it? I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks, Jen. Thanks. Bye, Doug. Bye. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media. 